The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. What would life look like if your body, mind, and spirit were attuned to true wealth? Well, our guest today is a certified public accountant, spiritual practitioner, and the founder of Conscious Money. She provides us with practical and meaningful ways to up-level our relationships with money, and she is teaching us all how to liberate ourselves from shame, fear, and scarcity that's attached to money. She says, I've witnessed firsthand the impact money can have on a person's body, mind, and soul. We all have unique beliefs about money built from our upbringing and experiences. Our mindsets paired with societal conditioning are core components of financial planning that this industry overlooks. We all carry inherited feelings around money that don't serve us and the people we love. It's time to reestablish a healthy view of money grounded in universal laws and inner Clarity. She's here to help us integrate the material and spiritual components of money, and she goes beyond budgets and spreadsheets to uplift and transform. Her grounded approach combines practical and metaphysical elements, drawing on her knowledge of universal laws, energy work, meditation, and manifestation. She is a bridge between spirit and money. Please help me welcome Rana Wilson to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. Good morning. I found you or discovered, you know, experienced your work for the first time during Sisu Society with Maddie Moon. And that was the first time in my entire life, I'm turning 37 this year, that I thought of money as conscious and as a spirit. And it completely transformed even my relationship with myself because before I thought of it as conscious and as a spirit if there was so much worthiness wounds with it 
And then when I thought of it as like an extension of myself and as uh, just placing that word conscious in front of it, for some reason, it had it healed so much of my worthiness with it and just my relationship with it, which is just transformational, you know, all around in life. So I'd love to hear your story about how that transpired for you and how you're now leading that for other people. Mm. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Um, yeah, I ended up arriving at a similar place that you arrived at um, in putting, you know, bringing consciousness to money. And I, I led, I led, you know, I was going to say I led two separate lives, but I probably led many, many, many separate lives. So um, before I arrived at consciousness can be also applied to money, who I mm -hmm. am as a as a conscious spiritual practitioner can be also brought into how I view money. So, but I'll, I'll, I'll step back a few, you know, a few decades, more okay. than a few decades, <laughs> well, there were three or four decades. So it really started for me when, um, you know, growing up, my mother was a single mom. So she worked two jobs and, you know, I was an only child, but she still needed money to take care of me. And, she didn't say to me that you need to, you know, you need to work hard to earn money, but it's how she worked. She worked really hard. Yeah. And I never felt like I was missing anything. I just, you know, I felt so much love, but I was instilled with the belief um, that you have to work hard and which feels like a nice virtue mm -hmm. because the virtue of like to work hard is, is actually developing and cultivating a, a certain characteristic that I think is important. But it also the shadow side of that is in order to receive money, you have to work hard and that's the only way. Yeah. And, and that's what I, that's what I instilled. And I overrode myself as a, an artist that I knew I was. And I, instead of pursuing, you know, classes in psychology and art, which I loved, I knew I needed to choose a career that would, you know, that would, that would pay me well. So literally I was practically flipping a coin. It was either law or accounting and literally <laughs> and I was like, should I flip a coin or not? And then, um, I ran into a, a teacher that was a, a woman. She was a woman CPA who was teaching in the accounting 101 class. And I'm like, Oh, okay, sure. Let's do this. And so I thought it was very random my whole life that I chose accounting and um and I wanted to kill her off my entire <laughs> life <laughs> my entire life I wanted to kill her off because the more I you know the more I stepped in to my career I devoted all of my attention to my career nine to five or whatever nine to seven and then you know in the evenings and on the weekends I developed my life as a spiritual practitioner as a seeker as an artist and so my inner worlds were just, you know, was so different than what I was, the, the places that I was occupying in the outer worlds, you know, how people saw me. And, um, and what ended up happening is these two worlds become, became more and more distinctly opposite and different and counter. And they felt like they were at war. And I even, I even gave my, the CPA in me, I even gave her a type, like a character name. She was called army girl. Hmm. She really got in this position of having to do this thing. Yeah. It's like I was wearing this cloak of army girl to do this job that paid me well. Mm -hmm. And, and then I left, I ended up finding my voice as a painter 
strangely enough, I found my voice as an artist and I finally knew that's what I would be leaving corporate America for. Mm. And of course I thought, oh my gosh, it's, I'm leaving to become an artist finally. And, but I still had the, the undercurrent underneath of the way I was living. I, I was, you know, I know, I knew I needed to still make a living. So I, I worked part-time at a mom and pop. So this was seven years ago at a mom and pop CPA firm that allowed me to work, you know, literally I worked from like two to 10 and mm-hmm. 2 PM to 10 PM most days. Yeah. And then I, painted my heart out in the beginning of the day because mm-hmm. um, that's when I'm mostly creative and um, and so I thought I'm like okay it's just a matter of time that I live this life as an artist and I was still pursuing of course my you know my spiritual practice you know having met a teacher early in my tw- a spiritual teacher Tibetan meditation teacher in my 20s mm-hmm. um, so I thought that was it but it wasn't it it was just it was just the thing that got me out of corporate America Mm-hmm. And then to my surprise, you know, two years into, you know, working for myself and this mom and pop, because I started to create a, um, a, a tax business organically, people just started coming to me in, in the transformational world because I spoke their language. And it, it didn't dawn on me, it, it, you know, it, it took a few, pe- a few different people to identify, Rana, this is, you're not only excellent what you do, but you really, you really calm my nervous system, mm. you really create an experience with taxes that are, that's actually, it's calm and it's on the verge of joyful. And I've been mm-hmm. so resistant my whole life. And you understand me, you speak my language, you don't make me feel ashamed or bad. And, um, you know, like a lot of the previous CPAs made my clients feel so it really created finally a light bulb you know came off you know came on for me and I realized I could be the conscious CPA which was bringing together my artist my CPA and the spiritual side together to serve my clients in taxes and their relationship with money and when that all happened I didn't realize that I was holding up so much energy to keep these sides of my life separate mm. like they were all separate the corporate people didn't know I was a, a spiritual practitioner a meditator and an artist and then my meditation community my sangha I really left out the of the conversation that I'm you know that I'm a CPA like I you know I tried to hide it as much as possible I would literally donate my monthly you know contribution like kind of like under the carpet, under the door, because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed by, you know, it just didn't, it felt fraudulent that, you know, that I was a CPA, but a spiritual practitioner. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to really come, you know, c- come in grips with my own relationship to money. And it then became very clear. I got to see money as, as divine <clears throat> and as spiritual as my own inner world and everything changed. Yeah. Ah, that's really good. So a couple of things come up for me here. I think that something you experience that I'm still working through is that sometimes we can dishonor our gifts. Um, Like with you having this gift with money of of being the CPA, um, which I've, uh, that's what I I actually wanted to study finance in college. And uh, with my ex-husband in my early 20s, uh, or I, I like to say first husband instead, but then it makes it sound like I've had a second and I haven't. <laughs> but um, I, you know, made this like whole budget book for us throughout the, for the whole first year of our marriage. And I just I had so much fun 
helping people with budgets and like how to save and things like that. And I've always had this interest in, in money. Um, but I think one of the, one of the gifts that I feel like I've maybe dishonored is that for 15 years now, almost all of my money has come from image-based ventures, uh, in my 20s, I was a ring girl for a fight league. So, you know, I was wearing this little bikini on on TV and doing a lot of photo shoots um, in that fashion. And I was, you know, living in the Playboy Mansion and doing a lot of that type of photo shooting. And for a while, I resented that because I wanted to be seen for the gifts of my mind and my brain and my soul. And uh, I, I'm now trying to because the other thing was I ended up treating my body as a workplace because it's how I made my money um so there was two things there that kind of um uh you know messed I allowed to mess with me but what I'm trying to uh work towards in this last year is more seeing that gift as a bridge and being able to use them both um because there is what you said that feeling of um fraud uh being a CPA and a, and a spiritual worker, there's this feeling of um, still having my image-based career, which uh, that career is full of, most of the people I work with are very conservative-minded people. Um, it's it's a different type of image-based than, than the other, um, but it is image-based. I'm hired based off of image to try to raise sales for this company. And that compared to the tantric work that I'm doing with people is like polar opposite and something that could even possibly get me fired from this job. And then um, I also have my, uh, I have an OnlyFans. And so even though I'm not doing um, nude work on there, like I was in my twenties, it's still seduction based. It's still image based. And then I'm, I'm still doing the spiritual work with people. So it feels like it does feel like four different like worlds that um, don't, they don't really intermingle the way that I would like them to, but there's this, there, I'm trying to figure out, is this a gift that I can use as a bridge to uh, work in the healing realm? Or is this um, really just currently funding while I get this to take off? Um, so I'm still trying to decide and and um feel into all of that i know that none of them make me feel like at war with myself none of them make me feel divided so it's not that i feel like oh i can't wait to get out of this it's more just that i want them all to kind of flow together while if i'm going to do them all um ideally i'm just doing the spiritual work but um yeah that's where i'm at right now so that comes up I don't know if you have anything to say about that before I say the second thing that comes up. Well, I really love that. And I, I love what you're intuiting and you're asking, you're in the inquiry of the question. It's, you know, how is this one world, this image-based world, is that, is that serving you? And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's making you a certain kind of money. And I feel like that activity can serve you and provide you with the means to develop you know, spiritually and develop, you know, your deep, your deepest art, your expression as an artist. I mean, I mm -hmm. see you as an artist. I see you mm -hmm. as, you know, beautiful woman, but you're an artist pouring, you're, you're really in the tantric world. You're really 
you know, you're moving energy from your body, from your heart, right? You're connecting all of the energy. And I actually think that you can, there is a way that you could, you know, bring more of who you are to each um, mm. to each side. So mm-hmm. it feels a little bit more, I, if I, if you were my client, I would say, mm-hmm. Hey, explore, explore bringing some of the tantric elements into your, into the traditional image based mm-hmm. world, even if it's through your eyes mm-hmm. and you probably already do it and you don't know that you do it right. When you take somebody in like through the image, whether it's live or camera or uh, print work, there's a way to embody the the tantrika mm-hmm. um, that really honors this this um, modality that you actually you're you're, you're perceiving as to be more valuable. So mm-hmm. that I, I believe that they are a bridge, and um, you know certainly in the CPA world, like it provided me as a CPA so much money yeah. to really take all the courses, take all the classes that support what I'm doing now. So and to really. Um, to honor that and to really be in gratitude. It's like, oh, thank you for providing me with this this abundance. Yeah, I love that. One of my mentors, Mary Margrave, said that I often think that that isn't part of my work that I'm here to do, but that it is because um, she says as a um, as a priestess, as a, a Mary, you know, someone who carries Mary Magdalene energy, those people are coming into contact with that you know, whether either of you are um, acknowledging it or not. So I try to remember that as well. And uh, that's very confirming for it. So thank you. The The other thing that came up was your story around, um, you know, your mom being a single mother and watching her, str- you know, feel exhausted through making money and working multiple jobs. So, um, you know, when you spoke at the Sisu Society, the memories that came up for me were also, my mom was a single mother of three kids. She worked 60 hour weeks. And when she was home, she was just exhausted. She would sleep, you know, all weekend, didn't have the time for us or the energy for us. And so early on, I felt like, um, yeah, making money and providing is exhausting. And then you know, we, she, she tried her best, but, uh, you know, she had her programming. So she would say things and I try to be so careful in my language with the kids, but she would say things like we can't shower every day because the cost of water is too much. So just those basic necessities, uh, we couldn't, we couldn't afford. And then, um, you know, there was a time when we, we had a one bedroom and our bunk beds were on the patio and we slept on the patio because we couldn't afford a two bedroom. And I knew that that was different from my kids at school, from the other kids at school. And we weren't allowed to tell the kids cause we can get kicked out of the apartment. You know, we couldn't have people over. So there was these basic necessities that felt, um, even though she was so exhausted from working that we didn't have these. And then, um, you know, then when I was allowed to shower, I couldn't use conditioner because the conditioner was too expensive for the shampoo. It was like everything was always micromanaged um, with the mindset of not enough. And then, you know, fast forward to teenage years, um, I started working full time right before I turned 13 and then left home at 14 and, you know, was living in my car and on benches. And I was a waitress during the day, a newspaper girl at night. So working two different jobs by age 14, but I never had any money because it all went to like whatever expenses I had at that age. And I was trying to homeschool myself. And so 
you know, then here I am, I'm spending all my time making, trying to make money, but I have nothing to say for it. Um, and it felt, uh, also like, I remember you asking, what do you feel when you hear the word money? And with all those memories, I felt very, um, not enough. I felt rigid. I felt stressful. And then you asked us to place the word conscious in front of it. So the word conscious money, I felt open and grateful and receptive and in union. So all of that came up for me hearing about your, your, you growing up with a single mom as well. Um, I am curious what your work was like on releasing the negativity that you had attached to money and how we can do that. Yeah. So I thank you for sharing your story. It's really vulnerable to, 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 to share our stories. And I appreciate that. Um, I, I just want to reflect before I answer your question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's how beautifully you actually followed in your mom's footsteps, mm -hmm. right? Working really hard, working multiple jobs. And you did the thing that you knew to do because that's, you know, our parents are often our biggest role models. Mm -hmm. And until we recognize that there's another way, <laughs> um, we don't know, we don't, it, it, first we have to become aware. So for me, I didn't know that there was another way. I lived, you know, oh, this was the way to do it. And that's all I knew, right? There wasn't, there wasn't like a, there wasn't an artist. Um, at the time there wasn't, there wasn't an artist that showed me how to embody um, receiving, you know, being paid well for doing what you love. All I knew was there's starving artists. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to be that. And um, I just lost my train of thought. So I'm, I'm just going to, so, so I knew that there were artists, right. And I knew I saw my mother working hard and it wasn't until I knew that there, I always intuited that there was something more, which led me on a path of, um, you know, a path of transformation and, mm -hmm. you know, a, a path of, you know, seeking teachers. And at the time, so this was over, you know, I'm 46. So this was like over 20, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I was seeking, you know, more than that in high school, I was seeking out teachers, but you know, spiritual teachers and gurus and shamans, like shamans didn't exist. The word shaman wasn't yeah. yoga. The word yoga and meditation was such a weird word. Yeah. I remember having to lie to people. It's like, like, you know, oh, I took this class, like, you know, I'm like, yeah. what's, what's weirder, yoga or meditation? And I, and I think that medita I think yoga was less weird than meditation. <laughs> meditation. So I would, you know, tell people, oh, I, you know, I took a yoga class even. Um, so I just felt like the more I, you know, the more I turned my attention inward, the more it started showing me that there's a way out. There's another way. And it was a way that unfortunately, you know, what I had to journey through. And I think a lot of people have to journey through when they find a way out that's different than their parents. And then they get confronted with, you know, they're actually going to be, you know, severing off the bond right? Because if I'm not doing, if I'm not following, and it's all like, it's not in our conscious mind, it's underneath, it's in our unconscious mind, the fear of, oh my gosh, if I walk a different path, I'm going to lose connection to my, my family, my, my parents, I'm going to lose that bond. And it's really real. Um, I will say that my mother, my mother passed away when I was 30. And so she was super, super young. And that's when I started painting in public. 
Mm. To mourn the loss of my mom, I started painting and before in public, before then I started painting, it was, it was all hidden. All of my poetry and my art was all hidden. And it was, and it now dawned dawned on me after reflection that like, I I was afraid to, I was um, subconsciously afraid to, you know, to cut off that bond. And it's not like she said, it's not like my mother said to me, oh, you can't be an artist. She didn't say that, or you shouldn't be an artist, or you need to have a career. That's not a career. She didn't say any of those things, but I internalized, I'm supposed to work hard and I'm not supposed Mm -hmm. to do what I love. And Mm -hmm. um, also the thing with, you know, with women back then, you know, that long ago is I don't even think they knew. They didn't even, they weren't even allowed to answer the question, what do I love? What would I love to do? And so now it's a beautiful time for women because we get to be in that inquiry. Like, what, what would you love to do? What would bring you, what would, what is your heart desire? And so we get to, we get to walk a very different path with our parents that are, than our parents, but we have to, we have to be willing to take an uncomfortable step that feels like risking the bond. Mm-hmm. And it's ultimately not going to risk the bond because any good parent is going to then, you know, be proud of their, their children to yeah. for, for them doing what they love. Um, um, so I don't, the point is, I don't think we need to lose a parent in order to be able to then take a different kind of risk that just mm-hmm. happened part of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes like, I know for me, it was a little bit of the opposite of, I was so scared to become the stressed out, tired mother because I was a single mother. So I stayed with my kid's dad for twice as long as I really knew I I should, I needed to um, because I didn't want to become the single mother that was worried about money. And it didn't even occur to me that I could feel the way that I feel right now as, you know, as a mother, you know, that's not receiving support from her kid's father. Um, and I, it, I empathize, uh, like you did with your mother. I remember one time we didn't have money for food and we had been going to this church. It was a mega church, like 14,000 people. And I remember he used to say, if you're tithing, hold it up in the air and you'll receive a blessing. If you're not tithing, keep your hand down. So it was like, those who weren't going to give, were not going to receive this blessing. And so I, there was two, you know, sides of that. There was the you have to give to receive blessed, to receive a blessing. But if you don't have anything to give, then you're basically, you know, not going to receive this blessing. But anyhow, one time my mom went went to have a meeting with him because we didn't have money for food and she asked for support. And he said, well, do you tithe? And she said, no, I, I, I don't even have money for food. And he said, well, maybe you can go ask the Catholic church. And so I remember like, and I empathize so much with my mother in that moment because like how much, even as an, as a mother, as an adult who was working so hard, how much these worthiness narratives were given to her, you know, um, is there something you, when it comes to releasing our negative Mm. stories around money, is there an exercise or, or, um, like a journaling prompt or something that that you recommend? Mm-hmm. No, I love that question. Thank you, and I, and I love the the the, the tithing story as well. Um, so the biggest thing is to become aware. 
is really to reflect upon the the stories, you know, to really think back, to really journal and think back, you know, what were your stories around money? What did you, what was the messaging that you received when you were growing up through your caregivers, whether they were parents or somebody else? Like, what, how did you see, how did you see them act with money? Um, it's sometimes what they say, but it's often what, how they acted with money. And mm-hmm. Sometimes it's true if there's two parents that one, you know, oftentimes, you know, one parent is super, super thrifty and saving and almost like hoarding money. And then the Mm -hmm. other parent, you know, you know, spends it all as frivolous and, you know, money, you know, just, you know, leaves them. And it's not always true, but those, those are the two just very, very general extremes. And, you know, oftentimes they're, they're conflicting, right? There's conflicting and then we see our parents conflicted about money. And, but the most important thing is to become aware and notice what you noticed because mm-hmm. how our parents were with money and how we perceive them to be with money might be two different things. And it doesn't even matter what's true for them and how they experience their relationship with money. It's really important. It's like, how did I perceive it? What did I take on? And so you're journaling around that. And I like to then... From there, you know, look at how those beliefs then shaped my life, you know, to the next prompt to answer. It's like, how did these, how did, how, how was my parents with money and how has that shaped the choices that I made Mm -hmm. often unknowingly, right? Mm -hmm. And so how that was shaped and then to really tune into how that, you know, how it actually, how it actually did benefited us and how it supported us and then how it no longer supports us. Right. So going back to my mother as a single mom, wow, it really supported me to learn to work hard. I got to learn. It's like, you know, you can always count on me. Like you can always count on me. Like I'm willing to work the 10th, 11th, 12th hour, you know, to take care of my clients. It's, you know, that to me is like no big deal. It's not, it's not, it's not harming my being. It's not, you know, it's, it's something that I cultivated and I really appreciate that. But then where it's limited me, is it's it's not it's kept me in this in this cage of not being able to make money with ease and grace mm-hmm. in tune with the universal laws and mm-hmm. so it's honoring you know it's honoring the the stories that we've taken on you know becoming aware honoring them seeing how they perhaps served us or maybe they didn't but there's usually a lesson in there mm-hmm. and then it's you know seeing how it no longer serves you and and then, and then bringing in some sort of forgiveness practice, mm. bringing in forgiveness practice, actually it's a, it's a, it's a clearing, it's a cleansing, you know, cause our parents did the best that they could. And, mm. and then ourselves, our younger version of ourselves did the best that we could. We took on what we thought we're supposed to take on. We didn't know that we could come up with our own story around money. We don't, we didn't know until we knew it's like, Oh, I can create. I didn't know until you. So. <laughs> right we can create a new narrative and um you know to me conscious money then is the the one way out and creating a new narrative but before we even get to bringing consciousness to money it's bringing awareness mm-hmm. and really then with the ho i i like the ho 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 pono pono the ancient hawaiian forgiveness practice yeah me too i love it so much because it's a cleaning tool it's a clearing tool it's a forgiveness practice right it's the four phrases Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that. And it's not saying, so it's not saying that you did anything wrong. It's not, you know, it's really acknowledging that something, you know, something outside of our natural way of being has gotten into our mind-body system. Mm -hmm. And and then it, it's it's really petitioning the, the divine, whatever we call the divine, higher self, infinite mm -hmm. intelligence, source, God. It's petitioning, you know, something higher than our, our mental, right, our mind mm -hmm. to help us. We're really forgiving ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. so when we forgive ourselves for taking on, you know, unknowingly taking on these beliefs, these limiting beliefs, we're also forgiving the other person. And mm -hmm. of course, if some people have experienced a lot of trauma with money, like really like, oh, that wasn't, you know, somebody did something that, you know, was really not good. We're not actually saying that what they did is is okay, mm -hmm. but we're creating forgiveness so mm -hmm. that we can be free to free ourselves. Like, because if we have any resentment or grievances towards anybody else, that's the place to start. Because, mm -hmm. like, even even the place to start is, and one of the assignments I also have my clients and people that do any part of conscious money work. One of the things I also have you do and take inventory of is how do you look at other people with money? Mm. Right? Yeah. So how do you think about people with lots of money? Like, do you judge how they spend it, how they receive it? Mm. And, um, and so anytime you're judging somebody else, you're creating tension in your own being around receiving money and being worth more money. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to be in an open, you know, an open receptive place versus, you know, tension filled and contract and, and having some contraction in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I, I, um, when it comes to other people with money, I tend to like shine for them and, 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 uh, acknowledge the beauty of it but when it comes to me with money sometimes I if like this year and largely due to the shift of consciousness I had through your message this year I made more probably triple the amount of money that I usually have made in a year I had never made more than 30,000 ever and um this year I broke a hundred thousand and so it was um and more than half of it went to me and my kids education. And, and I'll get into that later. But there was something there was some sort of fear I had of people knowing that for some reason. I don't know if it was that. Um, I don't know what I, I thought would happen if they would judge me for how I came by it, or if um, they would, there's part of me that thinks they would expect more of me or from me or something, which, uh, yeah, I have to really sit with that because um, I just started to think about that this week that I started to all of a sudden now once I realized what what my number was this year of what I made, there was this fear of saying it out loud. I don't know why. That's something I'm digging into. Um, so you mentioned the universal laws. And for those who aren't familiar with that, can you tell us what those laws are and how we can awaken to them? Mm -hmm. um, you said so much, but I'll, I'll resist the, I'll resist, <laughs> I'll resist um, replying to what you said. Um, Someone just may, may feel the same way. So if you have something, uh, yes. that's okay. or you can go ahead. Yes. 
So I'm going to reply to some bits of what you said, and then I'll end with answering um, the question about universal laws. Okay. Um, so I was tracking you. So let me just fill this for a second, fill back of what you said. Um, there's something about when people come into lots of money that, um, you know, more money than, right? So you've, 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 tri you've tripled your capacity, right? You're at 30,000 now, you're at 100,000. And that's really beautiful. And what's really important as you expand in receiving, if you're not careful and intentional, then you're going to hit an upper limit of what you're going to allow yourself to, to receive. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then money will kind of start slipping through your fingers. Mm, that's and, interesting. And, and so that's an important thing to know because to, to, to be able to shore up your nervous system each step of the way, because I also work very much in the body because, you know, it's a, it's an embodied experience to be with money because money is energy and our bodies are energy. Mm -hmm. The whole world is energy. And so we, we don't want to leave the body out. I left the body out and I know what that's like to be a spiritual mm -hmm. practitioner and leave the body out. Mm -hmm. um, that means you're disassociating with this particular world. Mm -hmm. And we came to, and we came, yes. we came on this planet to, to be human and to embody our bodies yeah. and what a great vehicle this is. Um, so, oh, so the, I, I'll just say one of the things and it's tying into another question that I know you have. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to weave with it if that's okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. So when we're expanding into receiving more money, then we need to bring in certain, um, we need to then bring in the, the pillar of prosperity that I work with, of integrity. Like, mm -hmm. like, what, like the, the integrity aspect is the piece of um, putting, in, putting in really procedures and structures to account for and acknowledge your money whether that's hiring a bookkeeper, whether that's doing your own, you know, tracking your income and expenses on Excel, whether it's doing it on paper. It's like just taking the next step to honor the flow of money. Because when you honor the flow of money, you become more intentional, you become a safer container for more money to come and for um, money to stay with you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, yes, I'm a CPA, so I do have the lens of a CPA, but beyond the dollars and cents that traditional accountants look at, there, there's a way to create um, your income and your expenses in a way that is meaningful. That it's not just you know, what you made and what you spent, but there's a story, there's a narrative that what you spend tells. And when you come, when you, when you honor that and when you become conscious of it, um, oh, how did I spend my money? Is the money that I'm spending, does, is it congruent with what I say is important to me. Are there any leakages? Are there, is there any ways that I'm not spending my money that I say is important to me? Can I make mm -hmm. ideas to bring a level of non-judgmental awareness so that mm -hmm. you can make different choices? Mm -hmm. And then when you make different choices, all the, the different choices shift the life that you're experiencing. And then going into universal law, so I'll weave that mm -hmm. in. So, you know, part of, you know, the universal laws are is basically what the laws that govern the universe is the laws that govern the, the flow of the universe. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is it's, it's really easy to pinpoint what's not universal laws. So what's not universal laws are all the limiting beliefs that we've taken on. Like it has to, you know, we have to work hard. <clears throat> we have to control, manipulate, 
compete force things into being mm-hmm. versus tuning in, which is, which is tuning into who we actually are, the truth of our being. So when we tune into the truth of our being, the way in which we live life and we are with money starts to shift because um, we, the lens, so the lens in which we, we look through the world with gets, is shifted. Mm-hmm. It's that consciousness becomes shifted and you know, um, I will work with people and conscious money. There's, you know, four different pillars that we work with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them is shifting our consciousness because we can't really shift our circumstances truly unless we're shifting our, our, our consciousness. Yeah. And Einstein said it the best. And I'm going to, I'm just going to read the quotes. I don't want to screw it up because yeah. I, 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 I shift it around all the time, but you know, Einstein said, you know, what do you, you cannot solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. Mm. You must learn to see the, you know, you must learn to see the world anew. So if you're coming to the problem with the same, the same level of consciousness that created it, you're just going to do the same things. Mm-hmm. Shift your consciousness first, which I guide, I, I guide people. And I think we'll get to this at the end of meditation to shift your perception around money, but you shift your consciousness first, and then you th- then you enter the realm of looking at your money. Mm-hmm. I love that. So the four pillars of prosperity: one is integrity, one is shift your consciousness. What are the other two? Yeah. So one is integrity. Um, we've been talking about them all along, but great question. I love <laughs> I love bringing it into a cohesive, um, you know, a, co- a co- cohesive steps to kind of understand, right? So integrity. Um, and then shifting your consciousness, I like to call that attunement because we're really attuning to our natural state of being. Mm. And then, and then we have purification, which we talked about in the beginning, which is, you know, really looking at our money stories Mm. and, um, you know, looking at them and shifting them. And then we have alignment and alignment is where we consciously create and we recognize that we are the creators of our world, that we are a co-creator. Yeah. And alignment's very important because it allows us to move from um, a victim state of consciousness to a manifestor state of consciousness. And I think that's where I'm at right now and why I was in that place of people knowing like that I tripled my income is because I'm so used to um, that victim state of consciousness that I'm working so hard to break out of. Um, So I think that's the pillar that I'm really needing to stand in at this moment. Mm, I love that. I love that. So I, uh, w- was that all you had to say on the pillars? Um, well, I just want to, you know, I just feel like it's really important to, when you come into, you know, more money to really honor it, like to really mm-hmm. energetically pause and celebrate and thank, you know, be thankful for what you've received. And, you know, you know, really, truly, I know it's, you know, um, it's cliche, but it's true and it works. <laughs> and, you know, you know, what you appreciate appreciates. So when you appreciate what you have, it, it grows. It really grows and, 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 and great thankfulness, because when you're in a state, when you're in a state of gratitude and thankfulness, you're in this receptive state. Mm-hmm. And, when you're not in thankfulness and gratitude, you're in a slightly closed state, like yeah. you're in a worried state or anxious state or stressful state. 
Yeah. Or greedy state. Oh, I want more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really, you can, we can shift our state in any moment because we're not multiple things. We're having, you know, one feeling in each moment and we can shift that. Yeah. Gratitude opens, it really opens the door. And honestly, sometimes I'm all for, you know, I'm all for faking it until you make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm all for the placebo effect. Um, you know, we have to have practices until it becomes a way of life. And so I'm all for practice, you know. And I remember you and Maddie talking about treating our money like it's a lover, you know, talking to it like it's a lover. And um, when we pay our bills, you know, um, like this is thanking it for its time with us, moving it on to the next person and and imagining you know, it blessing that person, you know, whether it's an electric bill or a car payment or whatever it is that we imagine that money like rippling out to that person. And it seems so easy to do when you're buying from like shamanic or something like that. But if we can even do it when we're paying our traffic fine or our car payment or, or whatever it is. So that's definitely something I've, I've, uh, implemented this past year. I wanted to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, to maybe the more foundational piece of how money is energy. Because a lot of people, this, I know for me, it was the first time I heard of it was from you. So a lot of people may be hearing that for the first time and may have a hard time grasping that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about it conceptually. But, you know, you know, a lot of it is, you know, we're speaking here and at the end we'll get to have a little meditation, but, you know, there is the intellectual understanding that comes first and then the experience that then comes second and the experience is, you know, they're both necessary and however long we linger in the intellectual piece before we arrive at the experience, it's, you know, there's no judgment, Um, you know, I, (laughs) you know, um, there's no judgment on that. Um, So... But the 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 inner energy is best experienced because the energy is the experience. So what I what I'll say about money as energy is you know every you know everything is made up of energy, and we're made up of energy. And you know you know money for example right money in and of itself what is what is money like money is this piece of paper <laughs> this mm-hmm. piece of paper that we energetically assigned meaning to so we we assigned a meaning to it and just the word money historically it, it's it's been associated with negativity heaviness greed misuse of power so it's all wrapped up in that right it's all wrapped up in the word money and there's other associations too but historically that's the negative attributes associated with money and what makes what makes everything energy is you know our thoughts right? Our thoughts and our emotions are energy. Like what we think, mm-hmm. what we feel is all energy and, um, and what we, how we act is energy. And, um, it becomes the belief in which we live by. It becomes the, the laws that in which we live by. So we can either live by in, in universal laws or laws of illusion and scarcity. Mm-hmm. And so if we look at, so really energy is, you know, the shifting of our perception. It's the invisible. Energy is that which is invisible that um, shifts how we are with the experience of, of in this case, money. So really, um, you know, looking at money 
and you know seeing what feelings come up and then bringing the word as you said conscious into it when we bring conscious into it it really it neutralizes and clears the slate and now money can come return back to it's just this piece of paper so if it's just this piece of paper what do we want it to be what story do we want it what story do we want to tell with money and how do we want it to benefit our lives and knowing that we can um you know we can we can actually co-create our lives yeah beautiful um hmm. yeah that's really really good thank you it's no secret that shame free sex and pleasure are powerful avenues to deeper connections and an overall sense of well-being and accessible expertly designed toys can play a big part in getting you there and making you feel more alive Dame is leading a sexual wellness revolution as a women-powered resource for game-changing pleasure products and supportive content. Started by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops her products based on research and feedback from people like you. They're making better sexual experiences and more pleasure available to all. Dame's easy-to-use toys and accessories are made with body-safe, doctor-approved materials, and smart design principles. And they've earned glowing praise from the New York Times, the Today Show, and many more, including me. Whether you're looking to shake things up with your partner or upgrade your self-care routine, they've got something for every nightstand. Even better, Dame offers three-year warranties and hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. And I will guarantee you satisfaction because I use their products myself. They're amazing. My favorite one is their suction toy. I call it the clit sucker, but it's uh, spelled A-E-R. It's called Air. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. It creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris so you can go all the way right away. Guys, I have like eight to 10 orgasms almost every time I use it. I use it during sex and in my own pleasure practice. You will not be disappointed. They're also sending me a bunch of their other products, so I'll keep you updated. But as of right now, this one's my favorite and I highly recommend it. Go to dameproducts.com and use code JADE today for 15% off your order with Dame. Now on with the show. So in that um, exercise and journaling props that you led us through, I think it was um, right out a year ago, uh, if I remember correctly, I, you had us write down a sentence that was something along the lines of, I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm making blank a month. Does that sound right? It's so funny because I was I was um, reading that memory that you emailed me earlier, and I'm like, oh, that's such a great practice. I love that. Well, <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like that sounds like something I would say. Um, I'm remembering that now, but I will say when I'm when I'm teaching workshops, and I've been doing this for a really long time. When I teach workshops, I know when I'm in like a flow state of when I actually have a, you know, I always have an idea of where I'm going and what I'm going to be offering, but then I create space. Like I create the container of where I'm wanting to, what I'm wanting to share with a particular audience. And then I create room for what wants to come through. And that was a, that wasn't an exercise that really came through in the moment for, you know, for you, the group of lovely women that were there. Um, yeah. So I love that. I love that you remember that. Um, one of my questions are too. So when someone asks like, well, what do you do with your clients? I'm like, 
<laughs> it really depends on the client and what comes through that day. Um, so I totally get that. The, the, the thought that I had around that sentence. So at the time mm-hmm. I filled in that blank with 5,000 a month. And when I looked at my notes, because I was so excited to interview you. I was looking back at my notes from when I heard you speak and I was like 5,000 a month. (laughs) And it sounded so little to me. And, um, and I was like, no, 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 no. Even at though at that time, it seemed like the perfect amount. And I replaced it. I rewrote the sentence now with 17,000 a month because I want to double my income. And, um, you know, this year, uh, it was, it it was just right at a hundred thousand this year. I want to make 200,000. Um, and I want to, I always donate 10% of what I have. And, uh, I main thing is I want to stress free, provide Montessori education to my children. I want to invest in my own, you know, uh, having coaches and things like that. So my feelings though, was when I, went from 5,000 to 17,000 a month First, 17,000 sounds like mind boggling to me. Um, I haven't had a month like that, but there was this feeling of, is anything ever enough? Will will this be enough? If I attain this, what will, you know, what will I feel a year from now? And I was curious if, if that was what comes up for you when you hear that? Is that me simply growing my container of what I can hold? Or is that me, in this mindset of like, now what I wanted a year ago isn't even, doesn't even feel like enough. What, what comes up for you? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And I love that exercise. Um, so, well, first, well, first of all, I believe part of the exercise is, um, what well, part of the exercise was, and is, so the viewers can also consider this and they can do this exercise as well. So to really feel, and it might be good also to do it at the end, you know, at the end too, but to really feel, you know, what would you be comfortable receiving? You know, to feel like what you're making now a month, right? To really feel it's like, oh, I'm making this amount now. And then feel how, and then, and then from there, feel an amount outward that feels exciting, right? Mm -hmm. So, So let's just say somebody was making, you know, Let's just say somebody was making $3,000 a month. It's like, okay, like how, how much do you believe, how much feels comfortable? Let's just say the next amount was 5,000. And then you keep on stretching it out until you hit the edge of discomfort. So mm-hmm. let's just say we went to 5,000. And then from there we went to 10. And to, you know, what happens, and I like to do it, I like to guide you through feeling the jump, right? So when you go from five to 10, we want to feel where the alarm bells go off. Mm. Because you're hitting your, you're hitting your upper limit, actually. That's what 17,000 feels like for me. So if 17,000 feels like an upper limit, meaning that it actually this, yeah, this is actually great to do with, but let's just, so 17,000 feels like an, like a, so let's do the exercise with you. Um, like, as, oh, like, how does that even work? Yeah, and I love that. How? Okay, this, that's such a great question. The how? Okay, so anytime we're asking the question how, it's a mind mm. question, right? Mm. It's a mental question. And the idea with conscious money being in align with universal laws is to attune to our intuition, 
Mm. In addition, we're connecting to our intellect, but we're not choosing one over the other. We're actually bringing in intuition where most of the world, world just brings in intellect. And, you know, intellect is great. It can get us so far, but when we bring in the unseen, our intuitive knowing, um, it, it opens up worlds. Like, mm -hmm. the, like so much more opens up because the intellect can only see what it knows from history. Mm -hmm. But intuition knows that there's so much more possible. And the, in, the intuition know, knows that it's possible, but it's the mind. It's like, how are we going to do that? And of course it takes a, a you know, a, a trust and a surrender, which takes practice to really, the, to surrender the how. Um, Cause what normally happens is when, when, you know, when we have that inspired idea of, Ooh, of, of what would happen if I made $15,000 a month, like what that would free up in your world and how you can contribute, you know, mm -hmm. to your children, to creating a new home, to your own growth. Like it's really focusing on what it could create for you versus the money itself. But we want to mm -hmm. identify the money so that we're sending a signal to the universe. We're sending a signal out there to our higher selves. It's like, I am open to, I'm opening to this. Yeah. Because we don't always speak about the money that we desire. And right, we all know when we write down goals, when we write like a goal that is truly you know, felt like we, a goal with, you know, great desire and great meaning, it turns into this passion. Mm -hmm. And when we're so committed to something like that, um, to what we desire is it actually, it does come into form. And if you, if you, if you, if you do it every year, you write down your intentions, you, you know, just like you did, right. Mm -hmm. You wrote down 5,000 and now that's like, ah, no big deal. Yeah. Um, so the idea, so with you, so I would love to then, I would love to guide you through really so eyes opened or closed, whatever, mm -hmm. however you want to, to do it. So you've felt like 5,000, right? You feel 5,000. So just feel, I'm going to close my eyes with you to be in this Okay. here with you. I'm going to close my eyes. So just feel 5,000. Right? So feel what feelings, what sensations come up when you feel $5,000. So you're noticing any any parts in your body that feel at ease, relaxed, constrict constricted, open, tight. And so we want to we want you to connect to the what you feel emotionally, but also what you feel in your body. So just feeling five thousand. How easy does that feel? Mm. And so just give me a few words. How does 5,000 feel to you in this moment? Uh, very easy. It feels very open. It feels flowy. Mm, we like that. <laughs> so what does, what does 10,000 feel like? So take a moment to feel yourself receiving 10,000 a month. Yeah, that feels um, open as well. It feels easy. And it also, there's this feeling of like pleasure. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> okay, so let's ex let's keep on extending that outward. So what does 20,000 a month feel like? It feels... 
So like when you said 10,000, my yoni felt really like pleasurable and, and open and receptive. And when you said 20,000, there was this like, um, uh, you know, when you get in the ice bath <laughs> or when you get in a cold shower and like everything kind of like jolts, it felt kind of like a jolt, um, which I don't know if it was like a jolt of excitement or a jolt of like, oh, it's a lot. Um, but my stomach also felt smaller, like before it felt open and expansive and receptive. And even though it still feels open, it feels smaller. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. But there's a feeling of excitement too, of like, oh, that would be amazing. Mm, I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay, so let's just, we're going to keep 20,000 as a marker for a moment. <clears throat> so let's bring it down to um, 17,000. So feeling yourself receiving 17,000 a month. And then when you're ready, share how your body feels. How your emotions feel? There's still a bit of um, tightness in the stomach, but there's also this feeling of um, like before it was flowy. In this, it's um, it's still receptive, but in like a determined, responsible way. It feels a little bit more stern than it does like feminine and soft and pleasurable. Mm -hmm. So let's bring it down to 14,000. So feel yourself receiving 14,000 a month. Yeah, my stomach opened back up again. Mm -hmm. Any other body sensations, any emotions that you feel? There's the juiciness and the pleasure feeling in the yoni space. Hmm. Beautiful. So I think we hit, I mean, of course we can continue going from 14 to 15 to 16 and kind of can feel into to the different pieces, but I feel, let's work between, let's work right now between 14,000 and 17,000. So right now your nervous system is saying that $14,000 feels comfortable and spacious, mm -hmm. right? Spacious, playful, light, pleasurable, mm -hmm. And anytime we're moving from that place into a place that feels, you know, more linear, a little bit tighter, you know, less embodied, that we're hitting, um, we're actually then overriding our nervous system and we're moving mm -hmm. into territory and needing to, needing to make something happen, mm -hmm. right? Because then your mind comes into play. It's like, okay, how, like, what needs to happen? How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And it's a very, it's a very, it's a more of a, a different kind of focus. Like the, the focus moves from the body to the mind. Can you feel that? How it, it, mm -hmm. it just shifts upward a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we have a decision here and there's no right or wrong decision. So we have a decision here and the decision is, would you like to honor and stay with 14,000 or would you like to expand into six, 16,000? Yeah, I, there's a feeling of um, wanting the expansion. Mm. 
-hmm. and an excitement like almost Mm -hmm. like um almost like foreplay in a way of like of uh you know when you know you're gonna see your lover Mm, I like that that's so good that's so Mm -hmm. good Right. So really just honoring those feelings and really acknowledging that when we expand, when we expand, there's like this excitement and then there's this like contraction, this, this opening and contraction, like this, the beating of the heart, this opening and this closing as you expand into this new paradigm. And mm-hmm. the idea is to support the expansion so that it's, you're feeling a greater expansion than you are the, the contraction. Mm-hmm. So, so what amount are you wanting to expand into? Was it originally it was 17,000, but right now, um, my body feels very like, yes, like, um, I've, I feel like I often get yes and no's from my Yoni because of, uh, the type of work I've done in the last year around being connected to that part of my body and there's just this big like juicy flirtatious yes with 16,000 even though it's a thousand dollar difference hmm. it feels very like like that's my lover that I'm excited to be with oh I love that I love that let's play with that right can you see mm-hmm. how that just feels juicier and more interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a thousand dollars down. It was just like one thousand dollars down created a different type of relationship. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. this, this lovership with money, and right, the lovership with money, the the beloved money as the beloved, as your like mm-hmm. intimate partner. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's a level of excitement that's there, and a level of desire. Like you get to bring in your desire and your pleasure. Yeah. So let's meet and expand into the 16,000. Okay. So, so your feet, if they're not, if they're not firmly on the ground, make sure your feet, the soles of your feet are on the ground and your hands could softly lie on your, on your lap or wherever they like. So first let's take three deep inhales and exhales you're breathing down into your belly so you're allowing your belly to rise like pregnant belly breath taking three deep inhalations and exhalations on your own finishing your last breath your last round And then from here, noticing your feet. So noticing your feet, I don't know if you're with shoes or not shoes. Um, so it doesn't matter what you, what you have on your feet, but feel the soles of your feet. Feel your feet as if they were like the palms of your hands, as if they had eyes, as if they had breath in them and they're kissing the ground. So like filled with energy. So you're bringing energy and awareness to your feet. And I hear a dog outside that's barking, so we'll let that be in this space. <laughs> so just feeling your feet. So just feeling your feet breathe into the space and allowing yourself to ground into the earth. So feeling yourself connected to the earth. 
We have a dog that's barking for you, that's rooting for you here. <laughs> and then I like to work with you know the central channel. So you might need to adjust your seat. So let's connect to your, your roots, so your feet. And now we're connecting to your sex, your root, your mm. root chakra. So feeling your, your sex, your root chakra light up, feeling with energy, bringing your breath and awareness there. And bringing it up to your belly, your womb, bringing breath and awareness there. Dogs are rooting for you. Bringing your focus to your solar plexus. Breathing into your solar plexus. Widening. Bringing your attention to your heart. Feeling in your heart that it's safe to receive. It's safe to receive. Moving up to your throat, the channel between your heart and your throat. So you're feeling it's safe to receive. And me with money, with conscious money, would have a different impact. And then you're moving to your forehead, your third eye. Then we're moving to the crowns of our head. And then to the space above the crown. So feeling six feet above the crown of your head. So this is one opening to you and your higher self, to you and your intuitive nature. So you're bringing this part online that can easily receive anything that your heart truly desires. And so now we're lining up that central channel that I just guided you through, but now from above to below. And so this channel, the central channel, these chakra points that we just went through, this is the midline where energy, life force, chi, kundalini rises and falls. This is the center of your being. So feeling yourself connected and grounded to the center of your being. And then like a waterfall descending down from the space above your head to your crown, descending to your third eye. So the water clearing the way of anything, any constrictions or any constrictions or tension held in any parts of your body, going over your third eye, your forehead, your throat, heart, solar plexus, belly, sex, feet and below. Feeling yourself connected to the center of you. And now you might open your body or your hands, put them in a different gesture. How does your body wanna to shift to receive more? Does your hands wanna open wide? Do they wanna just turn on their laps? Does any shift wanna to happen to receive? So bring your body into a position that feels more receptive. 
And then in your mind's eye, you're gonna say internally, I allow myself to receive $16,000. I allow myself to be the conscious creator of $16,000, knowing that me being with more money would provide more impact to my life, my children's lives, and those around me. That this money would be of great service, could be used as a tool. And so now I'd like you to repeat out loud any part of that that feels true, but you'll start out with, and you can riff on your own too, start out with, I allow myself to receive $16,000. I allow myself to receive $16,000. I open myself and I agree to be a good steward of this money and to allow it to make up make a positive impact in those lives around me that are in need, knowing that abundance is simply having enough to share. And I rejoice at the money going to my kids' Montessori school and to my own training as well. And that it comes to me in easy and effortless ways from multiple sources Thank you. So I want to make, that was so beautiful, so beautiful. That came from you. I want to just make one slight tweak, one slight shift. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I agree to be the conscious steward of this mm -hmm. money. So shift it to, I am. Mm. Say it one more time, I am. I am the conscious steward of this money. Mm. So with gr great thankfulness, you're going to move your hands in a position to fully receive this into your heart, into your body, to become the, the, the shape in which this $16,000 could come to you, that will come to you. So you're just acknowledging with your hands, perhaps on your heart and on your womb, just being in receipt and thanking it for arriving. And before we open our eyes, I'd like you to articulate, how do you feel now about receiving $16,000? Very excited, alive, tingly, open, and full of gratitude. Mm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
So in your own time, you open your eyes. I want to talk to you next year in December. Just yeah. Let's do that. Let's put that on our calendar. So I want to talk to you. Or it could be earlier than that, but I want to, I want to, uh, I want to follow back up with you. Yeah. Can I rewrite that sentence again? I loved that so much. I want to check in with you on time. Um, I'm good with time to, I'm, I have, I have until the, I'm great until the top of the hour. So however you need to work with time, I'm open. Yeah. There is this feeling of like wanting to end there and this like, luscious yummy feeling and um but then there was um a feeling of uh I had like a couple more questions uh no no I have I have time I have time okay so um first of all I'm really really thankful for that practice it I really felt an energetic shift and more alignment in my body it's really interesting the difference in the 16,000 and the 17,000 um so I love I love that tool. And I hope that those listening along were entering their own numbers and seeing how they felt. If not, they can rewind and, and do it now. Um, about, um, you know, that money coming in last year, I noticed that I had a hard time getting it to stay or keeping it. I wasn't, um, wasteful. Um, you know, my, my kids Montessori is like 20 something thousand a year for both my kids. And then I'm in Layla Martin's program. I'm also attending the Mindlight Institute to um, work with people in trauma. So lots, lots of it went to education for me and my kids. Um, and I, I do want to be careful of like overspending in the disguise of the abundance mindset, because I have seen that before. Um, but I think, you know, for the first time in my life, I, I had money to even spend. And so I was partly just allowing myself to enjoy that. But there was a part of me that was curious, like, oh, I wonder if I'm recreating the story of money, like doing all of this and then having like nothing left like I did in my teenage years or like I saw my mom do. So I'm not sure if, if there's any threads you want to pull on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the biggest thing is to to bring in structures and to track your, to really, to really track your inflows and outflows, um, and, 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 and a regular basis. So not once a year for taxes, which it's of course great to do that, but on a more regular basis, like every single month, it would be really great if you could create a conscious money date with yourself mm. and really go through like, okay, all the different inflows, right. And honor all the different ways money came to you. And all, honor all the different ways in which you got to spend money, including your rent and utilities. It's like mm -hmm. oh, not everybody has you. You know, everybody has you know access to you know electricity in the way we do. You know, mm -hmm. I live in Malibu, and last you know during mm -hmm. Thanksgiving there was three and a half days that I didn't have power, and mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> the first day I was like, oh, I'm in survival. Like I really felt like I I know it's you know it's a high end problem to have, but I felt a little tiny, tiny undercurrent of this is what a lot of people feel like when they can't pay their bills or their electricity mm -hmm. does because they didn't pay their bills. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of love and compassion for, um, the, the, the need to have, you know, our, you know, our primal needs met, but for you and for anybody else, um, who, who is, who comes into larger sums of money, you know, to really honor it and then to really check in, and to really come up with, I'm, I'm not a big fan of budgets. Um, yeah. Although 
if you are, that's, I'm fine with that. No, I'm, really I want to hear more about that as well. Cause I'm iffy. I'm, I'm indecisive on it as of now. So when I work with clients with um, coming up with a plan, um, it might look the same as a budget. So mm-hmm. it might look very similar, but the undertone, the undercurrent, the intention underneath of it is very different. And so I like to use the word spending plan or, or, mm-hmm. or conscious spending plan because a budget kind of like a word, like kind of like money. It it's budget is it's embedded with restriction. Like yes. it's inherently like what you can't do. It's like, here's what you can't, here's what you, you need to stay inside this box. Mm-hmm. And it creates for most people, not all people, for most people, it creates a tightening mm-hmm. and versus an expansion. So a spending plan, it's like, Ooh, let's talk about, you know, and I work differently with people depending on their orientation, either for me, what was really important to me when I started to expand personally into receiving more money the way, the way I, as a spiritual practitioner, was allowed, the way that the way I was allowing myself to receive more, I really needed to outline all the different ways that I wanted to expand myself and, um, and, you know, to be held mm-hmm. and how I wanted to give and um, all the trainings I wanted to take. And once I came up with that, with that number, it's like, oh, whatever the number is, you know, let's just call it 150,000. It's like, oh, okay. So if I'm spend if I want to, you know, spend this kind of money, give, give this kind of money, then I would need to receive, you know, X, you know, mm-hmm. I would need to receive 200,000 plus or, you know, something like that. And so it's kind of a backing into it. Um, that seems to work nicely because you're, you're, you're creating a balance, right? Yeah. And the idea is to create a balance in your nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, we want, we want to tend to your nervous system and that framework allows your, you to ground, um, you know, ground and nourish the structures that honor the flow to come in. And so mm-hmm. I actually like that you spent a lot of your money on things to expand you. I really, I really do. And yes, it's not to mindlessly spend, but also come up with, you know, we also don't want to get into the, um, we also want to be, you know, you know, not, I don't want to say careful, but we want to be a way mindful of, you know, saving money from a state of scarcity. I better mm-hmm. save because, Ooh, what am I going to do? You know, I, I'm going to need, you know, what are you going to do when you retire? And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for retirement, but not out of scarcity. I'm all for saving money, but not out of scarcity or hoarding money mm-hmm. um, to, to flag it for a particular reason. It's like, hmm, I want to set aside money so I have a cushion. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to set aside money because I want to invest in my children's education. I want to set aside money to buy a house. And so really f- consciously flagging the money and creating a spending plan that really honors your values um, feels really good to me. So then you're not just accumulating all this cash, you know, in your bank account out of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So that's really important. Yeah. I'm curious what, um, cause I, when I say the sentence, that's not in budget or mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that because of budget, the word budget, my body cringes. Mm-hmm. So what would be a better sentence if, you're invited to something and you just know that right now that's not wise spending. Maybe I don't, I don't know what, what would be the, the more aligned conscious way to say that, especially because I want to say these things in front of my kids. I don't want to say that's too expensive. That's not in budget. I want to okay. say things more expansive. Um, I love that. I love that. Right. Right. Cause now, cause now you have children and anybody watching you get to now, um, you get to influence how your what you know what your children takes on or doesn't take on, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's too expensive. Is like is the deadliest thing to say. 
<laughs> it's like one of the worst things. It's too expensive. It's create it creates an automatic contraction, and we've all you know heard it. So um, I, I, another way to say it is to you know one possibility is it's not in alignment to you know I don't want to be overly I don't want to be overly woo woo, but it's it's not in alignment to my vision. Mm. You know, it, it's it's incongruent to the vision I have for this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that you don't even need to say it to the other person. I don't think you need to, I think you don't need to explain yourself because if you're so true with what this year is about or what this month is about, whatever period you want to flag that you're, you know, that you're creating something, you know, right? Because if your vision this year is perhaps, let's just say, write a book, then mm-hmm. if your vision is to write a book, then it's not even just the money that you're spending on, <clears throat> on that, you know, that, that, that you know cacao ceremony or that <laughs> or that retreat it's really about your energy too it's money and energy and you know and and it's there's it's somewhat finite in the in the it's infinite it's infinite when we're connected to you know our true natures but it's finite in this this world of things right mm-hmm. um so we just want to we just want to really honor what decide you know what's important to us and then if you have what's important to you then you get to filter all of your decisions about spending your money and time is is this in alignment to you is this taking you closer to that vision the overarching vision or is it taking you away and watering it down or is it neutral it's like ah you know and the same thing would be about food you know i eat pretty healthy but you know sometimes the thing is to eat something decadent and you know yeah my decadent thing is like a gluten-free pizza or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, chocolate, yeah. <laughs> chocolate. Or the whole, or the whole chocolate bar, not just a Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think setting the context to make decisions around financial decisions um, really mm-hmm. helps support your decision-making where you don't feel bad about saying no to somebody. You don't even need to explain. Yeah, I love that because I noticed that a lot in the spiritual community, saying something like that where you explain yourself um it's almost like when i've said no in the past because of the expense there's this response of like well that's not prosperity consciousness um yeah and that's where i was like man i want to be careful not to overspend in the disguise of that like just be just to say that i have that consciousness you know when it still doesn't there's a no in me um so thank you for that. I, I I like the you don't you don't need to explain. That's something I've also worked on this year, um, in my recovering codependency. Oh, <laughs> um, good, so good. And uh, you brought up time. Not you know, it's not just about money. It's about time. And you had posted something about how that's another way spirituality comes through. And so to switch the mindset of there is plenty of time. Mm. Oh, I love that. That was a post from a while ago. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I had saved it. I screenshot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, I'm hearing a little, so hopefully, um, apologies to everyone listening. You said, um, you know, show me, instead of feeling, um, feeling those feelings of limitation around time to say, you know, higher self, source, infinite intelligence, show me how to best utilize my time, what needs to be tended to that serves why I am really here, what needs to not be tended to and let go, what needs to be done to ground me. And that's going to be really, really useful in, like you said, in the time of trying to write a book or create or whatever it is. So thank you for that. The last question I have before the lightning round is, um, 
how do you know how much to charge clients? Mm. Yeah, that's a big question. (laughs) It's a big question, but I'll just say very quickly about time is when I actually feel like I don't have time, that's when I get myself on the cushion and meditate, even if it's five Mm -hmm. minutes. And um, what you just spoke about is the, the, the inner dialogue that I'm having. <clears throat> so that's a practice that people can have when they feel like they don't have a lot of time. How do you make more time? <laughs> How do you make more time? You actually stop to do the thing that's actually going to nourish you, that's counterintuitive to your mind, that doesn't think it has enough time. It yeah. actually opens up time. Because mm-hmm. when I sit on the cushion, five minutes, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes, when I come back, like things that I thought I had to do literally yeah. fall away. It's like, oh, I thought I had to do these 10 things and now it's actually only yeah. six of them. So mm-hmm. time got created. Um, so to answer your question on what to charge, right? So what to charge? I wrote a piece on this and I, I really, I really, I really, I really enjoyed writing it because I got to tune into how I automatically and naturally charge clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guidelines that I have is don't charge what other people are charging. Mm. Don't charge what coaches, mentors, guides tell you to charge. Mm -hmm. Um, Charge an amount that feels good to you in your body. Charge an amount that allows you to be generous. So the charging to clients, you could actually feel into the same exercise that I just took you through in receiving, right? Like, how much to charge, what feels most expansive. And because I have found in the past when I've given clients discounts that I was not, so what happens is if you give discounts, mm-hmm. you, what, you, there's a potential that you're going to undervalue yourself and that they're going to undervalue the work. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that really, you know, really actually need a discount to work with us and that's perfectly fine. So it's not, it's not a, all or nothing kind of thing. It's a, to me, it's a, it's a, it's an, you know, it's an every client decision kind of, mm-hmm. that's how I work with it. So you want to be careful about, you know, you, about valuing your, your, your time and then valuing the work. Then if you overcharge, you know, cause sometimes there are these coaches out there that tell you to keep expanding to 17,000, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're like, okay, I'm $17,000 for the month, you're actually overriding your nervous system mm-hmm. and you don't feel like a fraud. Yeah, you will absolutely feel like a fraud because there's this discrepancy of who you know yourself to be yeah. and who you've expanded into, and you're going to feel that, and you're going to constantly put your energy on. Oh my gosh, am I giving enough? Mm-hmm. Am I giving enough, and um, that's not a good disposition to be tending to be offering. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a coach, that's not a great disposition to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to, char- so I've been charging an amount that allows me to feel generous, meaning that when I work with clients, it's like, you know, one to four months long with, you know, in the, in the sort of um, coaching kind of style of the container. And I like to charge an amount that I feel like I could, you know, leave them a voice message, leave them a personal meditation, leave, you know, do all these extra things because they're always in my field and I don't feel like, ooh, they're really not paying me. Right. They're really not paying me enough for me to go out of my way to do this because mm-hmm. I want to be in a generous state and mm-hmm. consequently they become generous. <laughs> they become, yeah. they become generous in how they work with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. That resonates. Thank you. Um, 
So there's a lightning round of questions that I do at the end of every show. Great. The first one is, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Hmm. I would say, oh, dear Rana, not to worry. Um, you don't need to kill off the CPA. <laughs> you don't need to kill off the CPA. She's actually here to be of great service for you, not only monetarily, but she's actually going to be the, you know, also how your, your greatest gift is going to come through. <laughs> mm. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? You could be, do, and have everything your heart truly desires. Mm. I love that. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? Um, the, uh, the, um, not the, uh, the, the Big Leap from Gay Hendricks. Oh, The Big Leap. And is there one um, about conscious money that you recommend? Or is that uh, one? Well, I would recommend my book. It, it's not out yet. It's not out yet, but I'm in the process of, I just finished my conscious money course, um, mm -hmm. creating my conscious money online course. And I'm in the process um, of writing a book, um, hoping to, um, you know, to, to for the entry point to be available to everybody. Right. Yeah. It's really the book comes to you when it's a book of wisdom, wisdom and teachings and lessons when you're ready to receive them. Yeah. Honestly, I wasn't ready to receive the big leap, you know, 10 years ago. I read it for the first time about 10 years ago and I wasn't fully ready to for it to sink in. But I read mm -hmm. it again about six years ago and it, it really transformed um, my life and leaping into the unknown. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. I just read, um, I haven't read any of his books yet. I just read the law of divine compensation by Marianne Williamson. Oh, the blue book. Uh-huh. There was that. Um, and then on my list, I have money, a love story and, um, the quantum something by, uh, Chris Christy Whitman. Those are like the money books I have on my list. Um, yeah, but I've been really aching for a book like what I feel yours is. And I'm on the email little list to get notified when it comes out. So I'm super excited. Um, all right. How can people connect with you and your work? I know that you have uh, your conscious money course coming out. So if you can let us know how we can find that and sign up. Yeah, the Conscious Money course is a it's a 22 module course that really that takes you through each of the four pillars that we talked about in the session. And the, each of the four pillars allows you to create a new and conscious relationship with money. And mm -hmm. I'm super excited to share that. It's 22 modules, it's online. There's written material. It's a, it's ex, it's an uh, an experience and mm -hmm. also there's videos um, that I create that I created to enhance the experience. So you feel like you're being guided by me the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's available for purchase, but it's it's open to begin on um, on Christmas, so December mm -hmm. 25th. And you can find all of that on my website, consciousmoneyguide.com. And my Instagram is consciousmoneyguide and on Facebook, I have a, a, a portal called um, Conscious Money Portal, where if you're interested in receiving guided meditations, live guided meditations, I do that twice a month. And you can, of course, watch the replays, but it's live twice a month, um, roughly every other Friday. Mm, okay, awesome. And the 22 modules, are they, um, you, they're self-paced then? They're self-paced, yeah. The idea, if you want it, it to be a full-on immersion, you can take one a day for 22 days, but... I feel like taking a couple of two or three, two or three a week over the course of two months is a nice um, digestible 
nice digestible version. Mm. Okay. And we have set up a code jade 100 and i'll put this in the show notes with the link is a hundred dollars off the course so yes for your viewers i'd love to offer yeah for your viewers i'm offering them a hundred dollars off the course if they they add in jade 100 so i'm excited to share that yeah i mean if i received as much as i did in the one hour session with you through the sisu society i can't imagine what 22 modules would be like. So I highly, highly recommend it. And I'm going to look it up and I'm going to put it in the show notes with the code so that that's easier to access as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So good to be here, Jade. I love, I love where we ended up. I never know where these were (laughs) any, any podcasts are going to, to lead because I have ideas of where it will go, but Mm -hmm. we got to, we got to guide you in a beautiful practice. Yeah. We went all over the place and it was, thank you for, for allowing it to unfold. Yeah, I do have one more thing. So I know goddesses don't age, but you look like 20 years younger than what you said you are. So I'm curious if that's one, like, is that, is there a practice that you do or like a, but you have to be youthful glow. What is your, do you use Ayurveda? What's your secret? <laughs> um, yeah, I know I'm 46, I'm 46, which sounds very weird. I'm 46 years old. Um, you know, honestly, I feel like, you know, moving into being attuned with, universal laws and being in the effortless flow and ease and grace that it really, you know, my, 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 this this vehicle, you know, gets to be, um, you know, loved and it's like, I get to love my vehicle through, through ease versus constriction. You know, I looked, honestly, if you were to look at me probably 10 years ago as army girl, as a corporate CPA, I probably looked much older. Yeah. I probably looked much older 10 years ago as army girl. <laughs> yeah, when someone's like in their dharma, they're they're living their purpose, they just glow. And, and honestly, you know, like like Deepak Chopra, I mean, Deepak is not aging. He looks like he's getting younger, actually. <laughs> so I feel like it's really what we digest, you know, what we take in, which mm-hmm. is what we take in with our minds, our hearts, you know, our food, mm-hmm. conversation you know, people sexually, right? So it's everything that we ingest in our nervous systems either make us more youthful or less youthful. Yeah. I, I would love to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to you or feel free to reach out to me when, whenever you want this year, but I'm really excited to see how your your money unfolds now that, you've, now that you've expanded your nervous system to receive more. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, and I feel like part of um, the expansion is also just being in your transmission field. So like the people who sign up for your work, they're getting the coding of all the work that you've done. And I, I feel I feel that from the time I heard you on Sisu Society and the time today, like being in your transmission field feels more expansive. The, the, the question of how isn't as loud, you know? So thank you for that. Thank you for all the work you've done and all the coding that you have in your field that I'm able to absorb. So thank you. Mm, thank you for recognizing that. I absolutely feel there's a, there's a transmission of conscious money and that's, doesn't, yeah. and, that, and that's me holding it. It's going to look differently for everybody, but I get to hold this, Hey, this is what conscious money feels like in my body. So yeah. I'm glad yeah. you instituted that. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I know I've, I've had you on here for a long time, so I'll, I'll let you get on with your day, but thank you for getting on early and taking yeah. so much time with me. I'm wishing wishing you a beautiful day. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Mmm, that felt so good. I hope that you guys followed along in the meditation. If you didn't, uh, you know, I would re-listen and and 
go to that part and, you know, use the journaling prompts as well. I can't tell you what a difference her work has made for me because I had so many worthiness wounds around money. And I wanted to share with you the letter that I wrote money, um, you know, because she talked about forgiveness and the Ho'opo Bono exercise. So I wrote, dear money, I'm sorry that I've always had a desperate feeling towards you as if there's not enough. I'm sorry I felt sad, mad, and stressed when it comes to you. I'm sorry I haven't seen you as conscious and as spirit and as a gift I am worthy of receiving. I want a peaceful relationship with you, one of joy and freedom and blessings and intentionality. I am open to it. I release all the low vibrational feelings towards you and replace them with healthy, high vibrational ones. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And then there's a few mantras that I had written down from her. You know, there's the one I am so happy and grateful now that I'm making blank a month and you can use that meditation to fill in that blank. And then there is, I am so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities through many sources on a continuous basis. Guys, I love that one. I love that one a lot. And then another one is, there's plenty of money in the world and so much of it is falling in my lap and easy and effortless ways. That one feels really good too. And then um, you can write down three things you desire. So I wrote three things I desire. One, I desire the podcast to be fruitful and abundant and that I'm able to live off of it. This was a year ago. So, um, you know, I would, I would include my coaching in that. I'd like to live off of the podcast and my coaching. The second one is I desire my kids in Montessori. Well, they now are. So that feels good to read that from a year ago and know that it's happening. So, um, you know, the new one is I desire to keep my kids in Montessori. The third one is I desire to be a healer and for my practice to be abundant financially. Yeah. So I know that I'm a healer and I am believing that my practice will become more abundant financially. And then the last thing I have written down here is on love. This is something she also shared on her page. Ageless wisdom teaches us that money is the energy of divinity and that in fulfilling our needs, we must work with the energy of love. I have found that if I somehow shut down the love vibration, the feeling of complete unconditional love for everyone, I am putting a heavy restriction on my visible supply. And the question prompt here is, how can you infuse more love in your day-to-day -day living? All right, you guys. I'll thank our affiliates here. The first one being dameproducts.com, the best toys for sex. You'll get 15% off with code JADE. I love their suction toy that's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. And I've got two more on the way that I'll be able to use with my partner. So I'm super excited about those. I'm not quite sure how they work yet. I'll keep you updated. 
And I, the suction toy that I already have, I like to pair with my pleasure wand or my yoni egg from wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com, code Jade for a discount there as well. All things CBD at directtemp.com, code Jade for a discount. My favorite is the sleepy time gummy and the body whip, the body butter. And lastly, higher dose infrared products, code Jade75 for $75 off. And don't forget that you can sign up for her Conscious Money course for $100 off with code Jade100. That is so amazing. I can't tell you, I mean, if you sign up for her course, please keep me updated on the you know, the transmissions you receive and the upgrades you receive because I just, uh, I, I feel so excited about what I've received and, and I, I'm so excited to hear about what you guys, um, you know, co-create as well through her work. Thank you so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much, so much, you guys, if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. If a friend came up for you while listening to this, that's likely because your higher consciousness was wanting you to share it with them. So send it along. And you can also join me on my Instagram at Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.